Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your hosts, Alex Harris. And with them, as always, are Tim Garner and Matt Paul. Actual banter. Yeah. Like the good old days. <laughs> yeah. I did my taxes today. Well, Susie and I did our taxes today. Wow. And oh, boy. For the first time since we got married, we did not owe. Wow. Hey, we got nice. a refund. <laughs> I almost shit myself. I couldn't believe it. Congratulations. Yeah. Wow. So, Buy yourself something nice. I know. I probably will. I probably will. I, um, I, I did buy myself something recently, guys. Um, <laughs> yesterday, I got a new tattoo. You can't see it. But... Nice. It's what, it's what, the knife is it? in the oh. table from Terminator 2 and it says no fame. <gasps> hey. And then Aww. I got uh the the storm from the end of the first movie in the background there. I got to add some color to it, but Nice. But I might I might use my refund to uh add some color to it, so that's exciting. Fantastic. Where would you go? Yeah. Who did uh, it? this place Empire City Tattoo in Quincy. Same place nice. I got the um the bat. Um, Sick. Oh. Nice and convenient, you know. I know the place you go to is good, Matt, but they're far away from me. There are many good places, so. That's true. That's true. Oh, shit. Um, Hey, I keep getting these strange calls from random businesses like Flowers by Irene and Federal Body Inspectors. This one is Fuckboys Incorporated. Ooh, that sounds cool. Answer it. Hey, man, Tim can order Fuckboys on his own time. We have an episode to do, Okay. You're right. I mean, I'll just I'll just put my phone on silent, just like I did that time when Chrissy was calling me to say the house is on fire. But you know, <laughs> you were you were spitting hot fire, explaining how like Ford versus Ferrari is actually about James Mangold's experience making the Wolverine movies. Th- that's right. Only one of those hot fires was actually dangerous. Mine, my 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 hot fire was the dangerous one. A- anyway, hello. And oh, sorry, I did the wrong kind of anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my movie about a billionaire who dresses up like a cat after he finds a cave full of cats under the mansion his parents hoarded before they were killed. Catman commences. And and for the record, that is no relation to the famous DC character, Catman that was in that Secret Six comic. Um, I can't think of any other characters that that is possibly, you know, related to either. So Right. Completely and wholly original. That's right. Hi, I'm Tim Gardner, man suit actor, contortionist, mime, green suit guy. You may know me from my role as Mickey Rourke's face in Sin City. Oof. The edges. (laughs) The edges, but most likely his pores. Woof. (laughs) He seems sweaty. Mm Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm totally not a script doctor, so you definitely don't know me from writing the line, Semper Fi, motherfucker, in 2005's <laughs> Doom movie. Possibly the best contribution to that entire movie, Matt, so, you know. Well, I didn't do it, because yep. I'm not a script doctor, so. Well, I, I, whoever oh, right. did yeah. do it. Yes, c- exactly, exactly. My bad. I did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, once again, in an affront to my hopes of drawing attention to Matt's Kickstarter campaign for his proposed sequel, Sisterhood of the Wolf, starring Monica Bellucci in every role, we have some corrections from the previous episode. Thank you. (laughs) I believe in the project, Matt. I believe in the project. Um, 
we briefly talked about the Dungeons and Dragons movie, and we talked about the commercial with um, John- Jonathan Francis Daly, um, who <laughs> was uh, on Freaks and Geeks and is one of the people who made the Dungeons and Dragons movie, and how they did a commercial for Dungeons and Dragons with his co-stars from Freaks and Geeks playing Dungeons and Dragons. I couldn't remember their names. It was Martin Starr as Bill Haverchuk and Sam Levine as Neil Schweiber. Sorry to all the Freaks and Geeks fans out there. You bunch of freaks. <laughs> also, there was a massive amount of horrible French pronunciations in the previous <laughs> episode. Like, so many. Um, You're welcome, America. Yeah. <laughs> I also kept adding an S to Mark Dacascos. De- I kept saying Mark Dacascos. I don't know why. Um, and I said uh, John Lostin, Lostin instead of Dan, the uh, cinematographer of Brotherhood of the Wolf. Um, my bad about that. My wife Susie actually went to France recently as an ambassador for this show to apologize for my offenses. And while she did confirm that the pronunciations were awful and my behavior was incredibly offensive, she mainly confirmed that they do not know or care who we are. So I guess that works out, right? Viva la France. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, <laughs> one of the other things that was discussed in the last episode was what was up with that Roma girl? And yeah, you know. Um, I looked around, I tried to figure out if there was any point they were trying to make or what they were trying to say about her. I couldn't find fucking anything. Um, the character's name is La, here we go again, La Bavade, uh, that was Italian, um, played That's by <laughs> Virginie Darmok. That's a romance language, it counts. <laughs> um, and seemingly she was just kind of weird, morbid, and ele- epileptic. So, you know. Huh. I guess there was nothing much to it. I, they were probably trying to make a point of how epilepsy was convinced, you know, confused with witchcraft or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds entirely feasible. Right. But also, it's, you know, okay. That's all it was. I, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> it seemed like they were building up to something. Yeah. Uh, also, we discussed the superhero landing, sometimes known as the three-point landing um, that was in Brotherhood of the Wolf. And I was talking about how that was pretty early on. I tried to look around for a definitive history of the superhero landing. I couldn't find anything. It looks like it's been in anime and possibly Japanese tokusatsu, like Super Sentai. Um, that's the stuff that Super Sentai is what uh, they used for to make Power Rangers. Um, and it probably was in all that for a long time. But seemingly it started being used more prominently in American movies with uh, Blade and The Matrix and... Brotherhood of the Wolf was only a few years after that, so I'd still say they did a pretty good job of, you know, getting that in on early on. <laughs> a trendsetter, they were. There you go, man. All right, uh, that's it for corrections. Let's move on to some news. Euphoria's Eric Dane is going to play the villain in Bad Boys 4 from directors Bilal Fala and Adil El Arbi. The duo are excited to put the unfortunate situation with their unreleased Batgirl movie behind them and focus on the story of Miami detectives Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett spending a ton of time on a very important case, only to have it buried by their new boss, Zavid Daslav. Wow, what a holy and unique plot. (laughs) I wonder where they got that. Interesting. What a creative name. The Super Mario Brothers movie has broken records with the highest opening weekend for an animated movie and the biggest opening weekend for a video game movie in North America. Fitting of the characters they play, Chris Pratt is taking all the credit while Charlie Day cries politely 
in the corner. Aww. Classic Luigi. Wah, mama. Wah, mama mia. Mwah. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet is going to do his own singing for his role as Bob Dylan in the upcoming biopic, biopic from James <laughs> Mangold. Singing? I thought they said he was playing Bob Dylan. <laughs> what a challenge that's going to be. No offense to the Bob Dylan fans, but come on. Oh, it's just horrendous. It sounds like cats <laughs> dying. It sounds like a bag of cats getting, like, I don't know, thrown about. <laughs> or, like, a bunch of cats, like, horny. Like, a bunch of horny cats. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, Rum Tum Tugger. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because in uh, Walk Hard, there's a he goes through a period where uh, Dewey Cox has like a Bob Dylan period, and yeah. he does this song, and it's almost offensive how perfect it is. <laughs> Classic. It's almost offensive how almost perfect that movie is. That's it's it. almost offensive how much Walk Hard has come up on this podcast. I, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it, an important movie, Matthew. It kind of ruined <laughs> biopics and music biopics, especially biopics. in my opinion biopics um especially <laughs> in my opinion because it just it just lampoons them so perfectly so every movie since then seems kind of like a non-funny remake of walk hard there you except go except for elvis which was a slightly less funny remake of walk hard <laughs> in additional james mangold news the indiana jones 5 director is making a star wars movie about the discovery of the force and a swamp thing movie for james gunn's new dcu Mangold says his Star Wars movie will be influenced by biblical epics, while his Swamp Thing movie will be influenced by his experience working with the shockingly sweaty and flatulent Harrison Ford. <laughs> Can you just picture him like being like, oh, sorry. <laughs> and then someone like says, was that you? And he just angrily points at them, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love this already. Now you've ruined it because the movie will never be that. <laughs> Uh, I'm such a friggin' sucker for fart humor. Why? Uh, anyway. It's always funny. Yeah. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, after underperforming at the box office, is already available to watch on VOD. Teen star Asher Angel explained that a short release window is an unfortunate reality of the modern cinematic landscape. Meanwhile, Zachary Levi said, That shit is whack, yo. <laughs> That's one of the main, I haven't seen it yet, but that's one of the main complaints I keep hearing is that adult Shazam, adult Billy Batson yeah. is way more childish than teenage Billy Batson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his tweets tell the story. <laughs> that too. That too. Daisy Ridley is returning as Rey for a new trilogy of Star Wars films. No word on how this will affect Ridley's restraining order against J.J. Abrams. I mean, she's smart. She'd have one. <laughs> <laughs> Marina Baccarin is officially Baccarin as Vanessa in Deadpool 3. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's just playing her dead body, as this time they're going to kill her before the opening credits. Oh my god. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> Dana Carvey has confirmed he was still in his turtle costume for a 9-11 prayer during the production on Master of Disguise. <laughs> Much like... How I was awkwardly still in a Grim Reaper costume during my Aunt Judy's wake. Jesus. <laughs> Just didn't have time to change, huh? Hey, the demands, you know. 
He too may actually happen with Michael Mann in negotiations to return as director and Adam Driver in discussions to star as a younger version of Robert De Niro's character from the original. Apparently, the delay is due to producers trying to convince Mann to change the title of the prequel to Preheat. (laughs) (laughs) Do it, you cowards! I almost just said something so dirty. But I won't. Oh, no, now we'll be left wander. Go for it. I was just going to say, is that like pre-cum or something? No! I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> also, I, I'm just going to mention this because we talked about Jaws in a previous episode mm. and we gushed over shots from it and stuff. Jaws, the cinematographer of, jo- of Jaws, Bill Butler, passed away recently. He was 101 years old. And wow. I think anyone could tell you how influential the, that movie was in terms of how movies were shot. Um, so... Pretty pretty huge news, I would say. Yeah, I can't I can't wait for the Oscars to gloss over his death and their oh. people we've lost this past year. <laughs> did Did you guys know that they glossed over the girl from that movie? I, I think it was After Sun. Was it After Sun? I, I think it was After Sun. It was up for Best Picture or something like that. And the female lead of the movie died before the movie came out, and they did not include her in the uh, in memoriam. Thing. Oh wow! Yeah, I did hear that, and I was. L- I couldn't believe it. Yeah, fucking insane. They also didn't include Albert Albert Pune, but I guess I oh shouldn't God, be surprised. They don't know real art if it were to sit on their face. <laughs> That's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. Now playing in theaters is Renfield. Renfield, Dracula's henchman and intimate and and. <laughs> An inmate of the lunatic asylum for decades longs for a life away from the Count, his various demands, and all of the bloodshed that comes with them. The horror comedy is directed by Chris McKay and written by Robert Kirkman and Ryan Ridley. It stars Nicolas Cage, Nicholas Holt, and Aquafina. Um, I saw the extended Red Band trailer for this recently, and it I don't know, it looks interesting and insanely gory. Yeah. yeah, very gory. I might see it. Yeah, exactly. Now playing in theaters is The Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> what a title. <laughs> Follow Gabriel Amorth, the Vatican's leading exorcist, as he investigates the possession of a child and uncovers a conspiracy the Vatican has tried to keep secret. <laughs> the totally based on true accounts supernatural thriller is directed by Julius Avery. It stars Russell Crowe, Daniel Zavato, Alex Esso, and Franco Nero. Ooh. New in theaters is Bo is Afraid. Aww. Following the <laughs> sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic Kafka-esque odyssey back home. Does he turn into a beetle or something? The anxiety-ridden dramedy is written and directed by Ari <laughs> Aster. It stars Joaquin Phoenix, Zoe Lister-Jones, Parker Posey, Michael Gandolfini, Amy Ryan, and Stephen McKinley Henderson. I've heard wild things about that movie. Like, Same. yeah, I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Right. New in theaters is Evil Dead Rise. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons. 
thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. The latest installment in the Caro Syrup Cake Horror series is written and directed by Lee Cronin. It stars Lily Sullivan, Alyssa Sutherland, Morgan Davies, Gabriel Eccles, and Nell Fisher. And I think that looks good. It does. New in theaters is The Tank. After mysteriously inheriting an abandoned coastal property, Ben and his family accidentally unleash an ancient, long-dormant creature that terrorized the entire region, including his own ancestors for generations. <laughs> the Just Add Water for Terror is written and directed by Scott Walker. It stars Matt Whalen, Mark Mitchison, Graham Vincent, Luciana Buchanan, Jaya Beach Robertson, and Holly Shervey. New in theaters is To Catch a Killer. Baltimore, New Year's Eve. A talented but troubled police officer is recruited by the FBI's chief investigator to help profile and track down a disturbed individual terrorizing the city. The Charm City Thriller is written and directed by Damien Shizfron and co-written by Jonathan Wakeham. It stars Shailene Woodley, Ben Mendelsohn, Ralph Innocent, Joha Jovan Hofan. Jovan. Jovan? Jovan? Sure. Jovan <laughs> Adepo. And Mark Anthony Krupa. Huh. The Krupa Troopa. <laughs> All right, that's it for new releases, which means it's time for What Did We Watch This Week? Legend says that a crystal skull was stolen from a mythical lost city in the Amazon. Whoever returns the skull to the city temple will be given control over its power. You will help us find it. Put your hands down, will you? You're embarrassing us. Grab on. Go get something else. Grab the snake! Damn, I thought that was closer. It infamously came out in 2008. But this week we watched Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. In 1957, Indiana Jones becomes entangled in a Soviet plot to uncover the secret behind mysterious artifacts known as the Crystal Skulls. The action-adventure film is directed by Steven Spielberg and written by David Cope from a story by Jeff Nathanson and franchise creator George Lucas. It is the fourth installment in the Indiana Jones series and takes place 19 years after the previous film, which is also how long it's been since The Last Crusade was released. How long it had been. It stars Harrison Ford, Kate Blanchett, Karen Allen, Shia LaBeouf, Ray Winstone, John Hurt, and Jim Broadbent. The greater good. <laughs> so, as a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this, watch the movie, and come back. It's currently on Paramount+. Plus. Otherwise, let's dig right in. So, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about Indy Jonesy and the Christy Scullies? <laughs> Christy Scullies. <laughs> All right, hear me out. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I'm ready. If this so okay. If you compare this to the other movies, it isn't really that I mean it's goofy, but yeah. it's not that much goofier compared to the other movies. Yes and in no. my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's yes it's no. goofy. It is. I think there's a cab I I agree with you, and I think there's reasons why it seems goofier. Um, yes, I agree. 
I mean, the, I, I, I think it's goofy because it's basically a requel, kind of. Yeah, mm. it wanted to be, that's for sure. And yeah. they're just kind of, like, they just made an Indiana Jones movie from the 80s in 2008. Pretty much. Um, pretty much. But, you know, Ancient Aliens, hell yeah. I love Ancient Aliens. Yeah. That was cool. You're a fan of the History Channel show? <laughs> I've actually never watched that show. But I do find all that stuff fascinating. <laughs> but it but it's fascinating. Sure. So I like that whole aspect. I mean, you can't deny Kate Blanchett's, you know, perf- just chewing the scenery. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, no matter what, she's good. And also, no matter what, a bad Spielberg movie is a still not that bad. I yeah. agree. Um, but let's see. I loved the opening old school Paramount logo. I love the yeah. opening credits, just like the other movies. Um, I loved, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of a rehash. It's kind of a retread, but the like opening kind of whole opening sequence you know, is very much like how a lot of the other movies opened with like a whole like set piece kind of action sequence. I love that you see the Lost Ark, right? Is that what that was? Yep. Um, In the, um, you know, in the thing, the Area 51. In Area 51. Um, I loved the town the made-up fake town that's just (laughs) is there to like test what would happen if a nuclear yep i mean even after indy gets shot from the in in the refrigerator he gets (laughs) he he goes he somehow survives that and he gets himself out of the refrigerator i mean he's he i mean he's still Way too close to that mushroom cloud, right? Oh, oh, yeah. Which is why you see him going through extreme decontamination. <laughs> yeah, uh, I and mean that's very gonna, calm looking at it. That's gonna catch up with him. I mean, maybe that'll be in this next movie, Indiana yeah. Jones Five. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love the the neighborhood, just like I said. Um, you know, Steven Spielberg has this. I mean, his his films, I feel like he makes films, have like a look <laughs> yeah. to them and a way of, you know, and it's undeniably good. I love the colors yeah. in this movie. I don't know why. I just yeah. really like the colors. Everything is very cool. like saturated. Um, exactly. I loved the skull faced indigenous people, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yes. That was kind of vague. Yeah. And I guess, I suppose that hasn't really aged very well, even though this barely came out. I mean, well, I mean, the the reason is because of the source material they pull on. Like, Indiana Jones is meant to be those pulpy adventures, right? right. And pulpy adventures, unfortunately, have views of, you know, indigenous folks like that. So it, like, fits the tone because that's the point of the movie is to be this pulpy schlock from bygone era. So, yeah. It's not great in 08, but I understand the motivation. Yeah. Not yeah. great in 08. Yeah. Not great in 08. Um, 
I, you know, Indiana Jones as a character, like the hum, like he's so quippy, and like yeah, the like die, like the dialogue, like is just so funny. Like when he's <laughs> like, like when he meets um Kate Blanchett and he guesses that she's um from Ukraine. He's like, well, you're really sinking your teeth into those wobble use. Like, so, like, just, you know, so good. <laughs> yeah, and I was surprised, judging by how I'm expecting this new movie to be, I was surprised. I I expected to have more of a problem with how old Indiana Jones was going to be in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, which doesn't bode well for him in this upcoming movie. Right. Um, I think that's a feature, not a bug, though. They always yeah. lean into Indiana Jones getting older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it was, yeah. It's not the years, it's the mileage. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, you know, as goofy as it is, it's it, it it's fun, and it's it's a pretty quick two hours. Yeah, it The is. story progresses happens. pretty quickly, you know, the map of the plane flying from here to there, um, you know? I think I realized that I forgot how much I like Indiana Jones movies, so now I want to go back and watch the better ones of the series. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yay. Yeah. That's that's fair. You know, it's funny. And it's funny. People, before this movie came out, people said Last Crusade was the worst one. I love Last yeah. Crusade. I know. I don't get it. I, f- I find most people think Temple of, Temple of Doom is the worst one. I love Temple I, of Doom. I don't agree. I like. I think all three of them are great. I don't know which one is my favorite. Temple of Doom might be my favorite just because oh, it yeah. has the opening is so great. I don't know, yeah. but yeah. So I mean, everything what you said, Matt. Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with a nice retro style. You can't go wrong. With, you know, a bad Spielberg movie is still a Spielberg movie. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's upon rewatching it. It felt less bad. Absolutely. I saw this in the theaters and I thought, yeah. I know. Did we I see it together? There. We might yeah. have all seen it. I'm, I'm sure, sure. I I think we, all saw it we all saw it together. Yeah. I'm sure we laughed very hard at Shia LaBeouf <laughs> swinging through the trees. Um, oh, oh, sweet yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It was for sure. I, I, I liked it much more this time than I did that time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, which was, you know, I thought good. Or bad, maybe my brain's going. I don't know. What does it mean? Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a solid action schlockfest. As long as you, I guess you know, maybe we all thought the movies were somehow more serious back then, and when we saw this, we forgot maybe how much alike it is to the other films. I I don't know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it 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 definitely upon rewatching, I you know. My opinion definitely elevated. I mean, I don't have anything else to add because Matt kind of nailed, kicked, you know, hit it out of the park. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, a lot of the same shit. Um, I love the opening. The, the, you know, as is tradition, a great transition from the Paramount logo. Um, I like the whole following the people racing listening to hound dog to kind of tell the audience that a lot of time has gone by since we last saw indy um i i love as as is also tradition for these movies they always do a great job of showing indy for the first time 
with the hat and then him mm. picking it up and then him the turning. But one of my favorite parts about the reveal is how when he gets out, all the soldiers surround him with their guns out as a way of yeah. reminding the audience how dangerous he is. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I thought that was great. His legend was preceding him. Exactly. You know, like that's that's just one of those things that I love about these movies is that the people who know who he is, who have dealt with him, know how formidable he is. And, yeah. and I really like that the movie got that across immediately, right away. I thought that was awesome. Um, I loved how, as you mentioned, Matt, I love how it looks and how it's shot. Uh, it's it's Janice Kaminsky, Spielberg's go-to DP for the last, I don't, I think since Schindler's List. I, I could be wrong about that. But either way, they've been working together on, I think, every single movie since then. Um, and he, I think he did a pretty good job of doing a 2008 version of what the movies used to look like. Um, I really, I also like the colors. It, it had kind of a Norman Rockwell palette, very like muted Ooh, browns yeah. and greens and oranges. Um, Good observation. It was, uh, I thought that was really cool. And like, especially after looking at modern movies, which are so, you know, low contrast and flat, this movie was so vibrant and like hard shadows and and you could make everything out i i i thought that was just so nice it i i've been really in it's like i've been really into like late thousand like late aughts and early 2010 movies lately because they still had color and and depth and vibrancy to them before the kind of modern popular flatter more realistic form of cinematography took over you mean browns and earth tones? Yeah. Yeah. Just everything's like gray, blah, blah, blah. No. Um, but yeah, I, I, I loved all that. As usual for Spielberg, great oneers, you know, shots that combining shots, you know, like someone walks into this shot and the camera moves in a perfect way to frame them, you know. Um, I like a good example is uh, when they bad sh soldiers show up and the at Area 51 and and they like salute the guy and then he drops down and then all the people spread out behind him and shoot. It was all in one shot. It was done really well because Spielberg just stages and moves the camera in an incredible way. All that was great. Later on, like stuff like the close ups of Indy and the skull as he's looking into it and the fire behind mm. the skull, you know, the light on John Hurt's eyes when he starts coming back to reality. All that stuff mm. just is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Cast is great. Fucking Ray Winstone playing the kind of character I feel like he doesn't always get to play. He plays a lot of scummy characters, but they're usually like <laughs> they're usually he doesn't get to be funny. And I that's, think he is funny. I think he, you know, he gets he's usually like the toughest guy in the room. And for once, he kind of wasn't that. And I thought that was great. Cape uh, Blanchett, as always, like, come on, you know, I'm incredible. And, you know, I, I got to say. Shia LaBeouf is technically good in this. I, I know he sucks in real life. And I know it was cool to hate on him at the time, but I don't think he was a bad choice at all. And I think he was good at the at, as the character. I'm going to say Agreed. it. No, that's, no, that's legit. And you're right. Yeah. Um, also, uh, 
the, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. And this was one of this used to this was my favorite part when I first saw it. And I, every time I forget how good it is going back to showing how formidable Indy is. The scene during the whole Area 51 chase is really great. This cool indoor chase. Um, and the scene where he's, they're playing chicken, him and Ray Winstone, the other guy in the car, and Ray Winstone's like, you don't know him. Um, yeah. I just, I, I love that moment. It's so much. It's just one of my favorite. It's, that's actually one of my favorite things in the entire Indiana Jones series. It's just weird that it's in this movie. Um, and then, like, the whole nuke the fridge thing. I know everyone was hard on that, but like, I know it's unrealistic. But who, like, do we care? You know, know. like, do we? It's Indiana Jones. It's the movie you're watching. Sure. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, all the MacGuffins are unrealistic, right? Like, you don't really watch these movies for the realism. And I, I kind of just like went with it this time, and I kind of had fun on that with that. Like him stumbling on the nuclear test out, I thought was great. You know, um, I, I, I just think that like. You know, one of the issues with this movie is that we, I think we were really cynical in the early thousands. You know, there's been a lot of yeah. studies about like the post 9-11 era. And, and I wonder if we were just too cynical. Because now if this movie came out like today as is, we'd probably think this movie was way better than we thought it was in 2008. It, yeah, I, I think we lost our ability to appreciate high adventure. Yeah. Right? And I think it's starting to like, come back. Yeah, it's exactly. I think people are ready for it again. Right. And um, I also, I love, the, especially this time, I really enjoyed it. The entire big first scene with Mutt is kind of awesome. The whole, like, mm -hmm. the way that they shoot him being like, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. The camera, like, moves up and it shows the perfectly framed, the two guys pulling out the guns. The whole jocks versus greaser thing is so yeah. good. Yeah, that and, was good. And, and Spielberg does it so well, the way they just suddenly reveal all these greasers. And it's followed by a really good chase with Indy getting pulled off the bike, fighting them in the car mm. and climbing out back onto the bike. And then him getting asked a question by a student after crashing. That was all <laughs> awesome. That was all great. I, I think that perfectly holds up with any other great set piece in the previous movies. I think that's awesome. And the last final thing I'll say that was great that I loved was that they still remembered to sneak in horrifying deaths. And yeah, that is, in my opinion, one of the most distinctive traditions of this series is the deaths that just make you go, you know, um, so mm -hmm. that was great. Really happy about that. Do you have any honorable mentions or things you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the cronies in honor of David Cronenberg? Cronies to the groundhogs. Yeah. I mean, oh, it dogs. was, oh, yeah. prairie dogs, whatever the fuck they were. <laughs> they weren't anything, technically. They were I know. They also looked fairly fake, which was, mm. which oh, yeah. didn't help. Um, <laughs> cronies to the Russian dancing scene. Just having a good time doing their kicks or whatever. <laughs> it's the only way the Russian people know how to dance. So. Um, and I gotta say, I'm going to differ with you guys on Shia. I Really? I don't think he was like a bad choice and I think he was fine in it, but there were I just kind of feel bad. I mean, I don't feel bad for him cuz he's he's an <laughs> asshole. But like right. part of me like felt bad for him cuz I felt like he wasn't really I don't know, prepared for a movie like this. I'll I'll agree Fair. with that. 
I think it was just like, yeah, he just wasn't really ready. And I don't know. Yeah, I just kind of was embarrassed for him. I feel like. (laughs) Sorry, Shia. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, those are my big cronies. And then um, honorable mention to um, Karen Allen. Like badass Mm -hmm. kicking, you know. Yeah. Great car chase driver. Yeah. Knows, you know, the right, um, the scene with her and Indy in the not quicksand, quicksand, the, the, whatever, the sand, not sand. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was either. Indy told us the difference and I just he forget. He explained. Um, there's no mud and water. That whole scene, <laughs> like the chemistry between the two of them was great. Um, I'm glad that they brought her back. I thought that was cool. Um, and a good way to introduce that he has a kid. Um, yeah. And then that's really it. I feel like I had, um, a funny, another funny quote, but. Well, shout it out when he comes to you. Yeah. It will come to me. All right. Next. Okay. Man, cronies, huh? <laughs> I feel like you might have a lot of cronies. I mean, the movie in and of itself is a crony for me. Right. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I was, I, I meant it. I did like it more than I did back then. But it still feels really strange to me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, as, as great as Shia was, just knowing what I know about him, it was a crony to watch yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big crony there. That's a harp on him. I mean, and then, like, Honorable mention, I gotta, you know, I'm trying to, I've been just racking my brain the whole time trying to think of what would get my honorable mention for this movie. And I think I, no, I, no, I think I gotta give it to, um, oh, geez, I just forgot his name. Yeah, I gotta give it to Jim Broadbent. Yeah. Because, you know, Jim Broadbent is entering the role, you know, like, yeah. like it's a, it, it was, you know, it's, that was an important casting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they needed to replace Marcus Brody, you know? And so, yeah, I didn't. He did a great job. He, like, he had to I establish agree. immediately that they've known each other for years, even though he's a new character, you know what I mean? Like, and you need to understand their relationship immediately. Yeah. And they did a great job of setting that up for him. Um, yeah, and he delivered. So, yeah, honorable mention. The good old greater good himself. <laughs> I, that's that's a great choice because I I want to. One of the things that I liked so much about him in this movie is that every time I see it, I have that moment where I'm like, "Was he in one of the other ones?" I know. And then <laughs> I realize that he wasn't. Yeah. But they they the casting and how they handled him is so perfect that he feels like he'd been there the entire time. And I yeah. thought that Ray Winstone was in some of the other ones too. That's true. They, actually, they did a good job with all of that because yeah, Ray Winstone felt like he felt lived in and as did John Hurt. The, the way they yeah. handled his relationship with Oxy, I thought was was really good, too. I they that's a that you know what? I'm going to go on record as saying that's one of the strong points of this movie is that they introduce new characters and do a really good job of making you think that they've been around for a long time. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's 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 not easy to do. So that's impressive. For me, I, I mean, I guess I got I got a bunch of little ones. Um, 
honorable mention to Area 51 and that being the <laughs> the giant warehouse from from Raiders. Um mm-hmm. I loved I love Kate Blanchett saying you're a hard man to read and he goes, "Ouch." <laughs> just the way he said that was just so funny. Major cronies to how technically young Harrison Ford looked in this movie. I know. I was watching 65 it. when that movie came out. I was out, watching right? it so. and I was like, this dude looks wicked young to me now. I know. I <laughs> like, know. What the fuck does that mean? Um, well, we, we we didn't know how grumpy, how, how grump would take a toll on I him. Know. You know? I know, man. Um, uh, honorable mention to the, the uh, arc cameo. Um, yeah. Uh, honorable mention to after he's at near the mushroom cloud and the, there's the guy scrubbing his crotch and Andy just pulls the mop up to his chest. <laughs> um, I thought that was great. Uh, Jim Broadbent saying the line, we seem to have reached the age where life stops giving us things and starts taking them away. Taking I know. Sweet Oof. Jesus. One of, one of the, like, what a line. Good Lord. Yeah. Um, and now I can't remember the, the context of it, but I think I think Mutt was like kind of freaking out at one point, and Indy goes, "Dance on your own dime or time." <laughs> yeah. um, I thought that was really funny um, when they unearth uh, that body and the face rapidly deteriorates because air hits. Oh him. yeah, that was cool. Um, Indy's saying, "Hold this," and handing him a dead body. Um, <laughs> that was fantastic. That was Indy, or was it? Shy? I can't remember. Um. It, it, well, it was a both. Both of them both did it. Did it to right, each other. Yeah. Um. One thing I noticed at points is that it. I could see a similarity in Harrison in Ford's eyes and Shia LaBeouf's eyes. I could actually see a physical similarity between some of their facial structure, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's kind of shocking." Um, did Did they go looper on us? <laughs> <laughs> I think they just kind of lucked out, you know, that they have some similar eyes, or at least some shots, their eyes look similar. Proper casting, you say? I guess, I don't know. Um, I, uh, honorable mention to Indy successfully getting his hand free and immediately breaking Winstone's nose. Um, mm-hmm. I loved uh, Mutt wanting to fix his hair before he dies. Oh, um, yeah. Or when he thought he was going to die. Um, one of my favorite things about Honorable mention to one of my favorite things about the entire series is how much Indy loves all of this shit so that he gets into talking about it with the bad guys yeah. all the time. I know, like, like, like he so- helps the yeah. bad guys. He like actually <laughs> assists them. Yes, because he's so interested. He finds like, yeah. it's not like he's doing this for the money or anything. He just fucking cares. He just finds... Our history and all of and myth fascinating, even if he doesn't believe in it. I I just I just love that about him. Um, I loved Indy doing the well actually about quicksand. That was really great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the the whole point where uh, Karen Allen's like, "What happened to the rest of them?" or something like that. The other women and the way he says and delivers. They weren't you, honey. And the music, the yeah. way it hits, like, so good. The rocket launcher gag was great. Like, him just, like, suddenly <laughs> coming out from the back of the truck with a rocket launcher. That was really funny. Um, <laughs> major cronies to the way they handled Mutt being his son. Because there was no surprise. The entire audience yeah. knew. 
Yeah. So yeah. I kind of wish they just flat out revealed it to the audience right away and let the characters find out over time. Instead, they kind of tried to pretend that it wasn't completely obvious. So, like, the reveal yeah, know, felt right? kind of insulting. You know, like, we all yeah. knew. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was kind of annoying. I, I love Indy's giant swinging punches, um, which <laughs> is a staple. He's a ham-fisted brawler. Yeah, just, like, swinging his arm around. Um, and I loved Ray Winstone being a double, 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 double agent. Um, <laughs> so many, so many double crosses. That was awesome. He just loves gold. He wants the gold. <laughs> I love gold. Um, he's gold, he's gold member. Um, and then the last honorable mention I'll mention is the fake out with the hat at the end was pretty great. That, that was, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because the whole, that's what the entire audience was afraid of. And then Indy being, just taking the hat from him. I, that, that was cool. That was nice. Good touch. Um, what didn't you like about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Was there anything that confused you? Nothing that confusing. I, I, I can't figure out whether I, I feel like out of all of the movies, this one is the most, um, I don't know, science fiction-y, um, you know, the, the least like rooted in like actual fact or history. Um, and I can't figure out whether I like that or not. Um, but I kind of felt like some of the, some of the effects were surprisingly not great. I don't know why. I agree. I, they I, weren't at the time either. It was, I don't think it was a dating thing. No, I it wasn't. At the time, yeah. Feeling that way. Um, like you could tell that like so much of it was like filmed like on a soundstage, um, like all like, like the jungle scenes and like, um, those especially, um, but I'm sure most of the, like most of it, you know, was it when it wasn't obviously being filmed outside in the sunshine. Um, it was probably, you know, on a soundstage. Um, so I didn't love that because I feel like the other movies were more, um, filmed on location. Like, especially like thinking about like, um, Temple of Doom. Like, that was like so much of that was just like in somewhere physical, not, you know, built up or maybe that's just my memory of it i'm not sure i was gonna say you talk you complain about soundstage stuff you should look at temple of doom uh, right yeah. it's just a lot more a lot more believable locations yeah items, yeah right yeah um yeah the snake the the snake <laughs> the snake being pulled as a use as a tool to uh-huh. p- pull them out of the not quicksand yeah. was was not i, I mean even in a that, yeah. even in a movie like this that would never be possible <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I, I, mean, I mean there's no way that like you could like pull a snake and have it 
still not and not rip out it not pop its vertebrae yeah not like break apart or like slip through your hands or like i mean um now things end badly for the snake that is for sure oh yeah oh, that yeah. snake and i think like when he like throws it it like kisses like fuck you but it's <laughs> but it's for sure dead like you killed that yeah. snake oh yeah in real life yeah that's that snake is gonna suffer to death yeah and then you know what the swinging on the vines with oh, the monkeys yeah just so goofy. But it's so goofy because one of the monkeys hit my tail. Like, just not, like, just not good. Not good. And it's funny because, like, there's, like, the ant scene, which mm-hmm. is also ridiculous, but somehow yeah. works because I think it's, like, horrific and, like, one of the bad guys, like, gets pulled into the ant hill and... A few of them. Also do... Do ants like that exist, like, or like coming out of like a huge hill? Good where, question. Like, you can get, you can get, yes, fire ants and army ants famously will swarm you, but will they? They won't pull you back you into, into their. Into, no, yeah, no. So yeah, I mean, uh, like s- those things were like a little too over the top, a little too goofy for me, even for yeah. an Indiana Jones film. Yes. Um, They found the good news is they found the line. They just they know where they shouldn't cross anymore. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, just to follow up. Yeah, they found the line. No, you know, like because there's plenty of goofy things. I was totally okay with. You know, there's so many things that you're fine with, but for some reason, the monkeys swinging is the line. You know. Yeah. And maybe because, it, but you know, maybe it felt that way because it was mutt. It felt undeserved, perhaps, yes. for him to have that moment. And again, not possible. <laughs> like the upper body strength, yes. and also like <laughs> the vines would have to like. It's just not feast. It, it's just not possible. Yeah, I agree. Um, but to also, yeah, the biggest negative for me is the yeah, it was the fact that they went science fiction and not mythical. Mm, yeah, that's the word. We're talking magical, magical, and myth are the previous three mi- movies, and this goes for the science fiction edge. And I, again, I understand it. The theme being it's the taking place in the fifties, thus B movies. Right. Like I get it, but this is Indiana Jones. When has science fiction been a thing? Yeah, you know. So it's one thing to have the crystal skull. It's another thing to say like, oh yeah, no, definitely aliens. <laughs> Like, right. there's no, there's no question to it. You, you know, it'd be fine. Like, if this was, if, if, if the crystal skull led to a skeleton of like, I don't know, like you find, like it's, it's the lost, it's the Nephil, it's the Nephilim, you know, the ones kicked out of heaven and blah blah blah. <laughs> you know, like, sure, great, but to definitively say like, nah, aliens, and specifically the aliens from Close Encounters of a Third Kind, like, all right, guys, but yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Science fiction in Indiana Jones feel strange, which is why I'm looking forward to the fifth one, because if the movie's about what we think it's about, that can be accomplished in mythical, fantastical ways, not just science fiction-y ways. So, might still work. Hey, um, fingers crossed, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Nazis are back in it because they forgot, oh yeah, we need Nazis in these movies. <laughs> um, so, it's gotta be it's gotta Are be Nazis magical. in the new one? Yes. Wow. They got a thing about Nazis, huh? 
Indy loves I mean, punching Nazis. It's his like favorite thing other than archaeology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, he has, you know, tattoos on his knuckles that, you know, say <laughs> that, that literally, but no, not even that. It's it's very long and winded. It says, these, these machines destroy fascists <laughs> <laughs> across his knuckles. You know, it's really impressive detail work they did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah. And the special effects, you know, they didn't hold up then. They don't hold up now. The ants looked awkward. The abundance of. I don't know if they were intending for some of the scenes to look like rear projection or if they used rear projection. Um, I couldn't tell if, you know what I mean? Like, it would have been more honest if they decided to use some rear projection for some stuff. Mm. But if they were, I feel like this is 08, so we're definitely in the overuse of uh, digital. Um, So it's, it's, perhaps they said, what if we, can we do this against a green screen, but make it look like rear projection? And that's when you get that. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, it just takes it pulls you out. I agree. Um but yeah, I mean otherwise it's the it, I I really do think it's the weaker Indiana Jones because of the breaking of mythical theme and the way they handled mutt. Fair. I, 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 again, you want I mean, I understand why they had him do those things. Gotta be like, look, like father, like son. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You know, it all felt undeserved because we're like, who is this guy? Why? What? No. It's hard to also like the greaser, like it as badass as I think greasers were. It it's undeniably it just looks like a costume. It just looks like somebody <laughs> pretending to be something they're not. Like that's a really hard thing. I feel like to pull off in movies made now as opposed to like movies that were made like in the 50s i don't yeah. know yeah maybe it's also because it's, it's shia labeouf and, and it's like, shia you labeouf fucking greaser, you know? and it you know it's just yeah yeah actual cannibal shia labeouf <laughs> alex um yeah those are all solid points um the Interestingly, the sci-fi aspect used to really bother me. I kind of forgot about it this time, strangely. But I I, I do agree with that. It does kind of fuck up the con like it, it fucks with the the series in a way. It throws you off. Um But I would say the two main things I have issues I have with this movie is is one is the tone. Because like the by this point, especially because of Harrison's age. The series felt a little too mature for some of the silliness, you know, like like the the, the whole unknown sun thing, like the sun being yeah. right in front of him without him realizing. I think that would have played completely differently in the 80s. You know, yeah. I, I think in the 80s or even in the early 90s when Harrison was younger, I think that would have worked better. The same thing for the snake quicksand scene. That is yeah. objectively, like, I know it's wicked stupid. It's objectively kind of fucking hilarious that he threw a snake at him and, like, Harrison's, yeah. like, reaction. Like, it is, from a purely comedic point of view, it is funny and it is done well. But there's just something awkward and kind of embarrassing about seeing a 60-something-year-old Harrison Ford do that scene. It, so it, it it's... 
it's one of those things where like someone matures in a movie, but the the tone doesn't mature with them. It's it, and I'm not saying that people would have liked the movie if it was more serious, but it's just <laughs> it it's it's difficult when you have an aging star in a movie that is kind of acting younger than the star. So I think that was kind mm. of a problem with the movie. Um, and then yeah, the 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 visual effects I think were a major. I, I would say they were probably the major problem with this movie. Um, and obviously, I, I complain a lot about visual effects if I don't think they look great. But I think really what's problematic with this movie is this this series is so steeped in classic filmmaking, old school mm-hmm. effects. It's it's such a major part of this entire series. It, it It's, you know, George Lucas came up with this concept and brought it to Spielberg. And the whole idea was to pay tribute to these old fashioned serials. So there's just mm-hmm. something inherently weird about seeing digital effects in an Indiana Jones movie. Maybe if mm. this was the first Indiana Jones movie that like a 20 something year old kid saw now, they might not feel like it seems that weird, but for us it who knows the history of the series and where it's supposed to be drawing its influences from, I feel like it just seems so bizarre. It just seems so out of place. Um and mm. like the entire jungle set piece is held back by it that entire scene is borderline ruined by the extensive vfx um like that jungle clearing machine that they use to explain (laughs) why there's roads i I was like honestly i would have rather that you didn't show that shot and you just let us be annoyed that there were conveniently roads there like I, i i would have preferred that the whole sword fight chase on top of the two cars, if that was done with like 1989 effects, I swear we would think that was one of the coolest scenes in the entire series. I guarantee <laughs> yeah. it. We'd be like, that is so yeah. fucking cool. He's like, he's doing a split between the fucking cars and he's having a sword fight on top of two cars during a chase. We would think that was cool as shit, but it looks silly because of the VFX. And then the monkeys. It was bad enough to have him swinging around, but him like swimming, swinging with all these monkeys was so goofy. And I think probably what really held that scene back in addition to how silly it looked is that rather than it telling, reminding the audience of Indiana Jones swinging from his whip or something, I think it reminded all of us of Mm Spider-Man. It was very... Sam Raimi Spider-Man swinging around, you know, you got this young guy, kind of dorky looking guy swinging around from stuff. It just like it immediately makes me think of Spider-Man, not Indiana Jones. Um, Just I I, I kept thinking while watching this, it reminded me of, you know, Papa Spielberg's own film, Jurassic Park, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I feel like they were kind of excited to be able to get away with things that they couldn't have pulled off with older special effects. Yeah. yeah. So they did all this stuff. Like, they wouldn't have been able to do a swarm of ants like that. They, they, they wouldn't have been able to do the car chase in the exact same way. They wouldn't have been able to do him swinging from the vines with all these monkeys. So I can tell mm-hmm. that they were probably excited that they could do this stuff that they couldn't do before. But 
it doesn't mean you should do it, you know? Um, yeah. It, like, especially, like, the whole thing with Marion Ravenwood's, like, trust me scene where she drives off the edge because she knows it's an aquatic car. If they did that without the silly landing on a tree part, that whole part would have worked 20 times better. If she yeah, just, like, absolutely. jumped off the cliff and landed in the water, it would have been way better and way more impressive of a moment for her character. But because of this mm-hmm. completely unnecessary and very silly-looking tree-catch moment, the entire, like, the teeth are taken out of that scene and it kind of falls flat. Um, so, yeah, I all of that, like, in the... You know, the takeoff scene at the end with the with the UFO looks silly and Cape Blanchett has a quote unquote cool death. But again, it looks silly. So that wasn't as fun as like a face melting from the previous movies. Um, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that, I think that is by far the biggest weakness of the movie without question. Uh, do you have a favorite death scene? Um, I mean, the guy getting pulled into the anthill is pretty good. Like <laughs> when the ants go into his mouth, that that's pretty gnarly. Um, I do actually kind of dig the <laughs> like when Kate Blanchett has like flames coming out of her eyes and she just like bursts into flames because um, she just can't handle all the knowledge. Right. Theoretically, it's great. Theoretically, it's great. Yes. yes. Yeah, both of those. I enjoyed both of those. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't argue with any of that. I mean, very unoriginal for me. It's all the cannon fodder guys dying in cannon fodder ways, you know? So you got to give it to the big hero deaths. Kate Banachat and her lieutenant or captain there. Right. So. Um, yeah, the ant's death was fucking great. Um, I also loved uh, the dudes getting blasted by the jet engine in the beginning. Mm, yeah oh my god yeah the immolation just completely destroyed that was awesome um but i think ray winstone almost dies like a million times in this movie (laughs) he does he He, like escapes death a lot he does eventually die yeah he gets he gets like pulled away or whatever if i remember yeah he gets like sucked into the dimension or whatever i thought i I was kind of disappointed you didn't get a clearer death for him but whatever um but I think my favorite, because it's one of the only cool deaths that does not involve extensive visual effects, is uh, Indy blowing the poison dart back at the guy. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. That was cool. Mm, yeah, that was good. Would you give any random aesthetic choices in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull a breaky award in honor of the Windbreakers and the Nail Blanket movie Demonic? I really enjoyed um, after they... After the boat car falls into the and oh um not the ocean the water like the many waterfalls right oh yeah that's right and then they look up um I enjoyed the skull because it was like vaguely a skull face like when they look up and they're like oh that's where we need to go um I thought that was pretty cool and pretty Indiana Jonesy. <laughs> Yeah, and like all like the all the retro fifties stuff except for Shia LaBeouf's costume. <laughs> um and his hair, like he has like really curly hair, I think. So like it's like you could yeah. tell that they like straightened it and like just I don't know. Um <laughs> all the motorcycle his his motorcycle was pretty cool. Mm. It was Harley. And 
Yeah, the town, the cool 50s town that gets vaporized. I thought that was cool. Um, I mean, it's all pretty, it's all pretty aesthetic. The colors, again, were really nice. And the alien guy, when he showed up, when all the, what the fuck happened? All this, all the skeletons, (laughs) like, morphed into one and it became a solid alien from another dimension. To her her perception, that's what occurred. Ah, yes, yes, Did it actually occur? Who knows? Who knows? Um... The alien corpse was pretty cool, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. The sc- all the skeletons are. Neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 skeletons are were ta- neat. Are you talking about the area fifty? The the Roswell's corpse and the actual and skeleton. the actual alien that oh, shows yeah. up. Both of them were cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool cars, cool retro stuff. Indiana looks great, somehow. 65 years <laughs> old. Yeah. Yeah. When you're always when you always look rugged. That's you always true. Look yeah. That's yeah. true. That helps. So yeah, I'm gonna give my breaky to three words. Skull masked assassins. Oh, yeah. I know, they were good. They were the, like the blow the blow dart guys. Yep. Like I like those skull masks a lot. I mean, that, enough said. I've described it. It's a skull mask, folks. <laughs> yeah. They're when are they not cool? Exactly. Um, yeah, Breaky, uh, you know, runner-up Breaky for the whole nuclear test town and the house uh, houses and the cars that all looked awesome. Um, although I do agree that Shia LaBeouf had a hard time pulling it off. I did like his look. I like like his coat was cool, his boots, his jeans. I I, I I've always been a fan of greaser fashion, so I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, it's undeniably cool. Right, right. It just, it seemed, I agree, it seemed inauthentic for him. Mm, yeah. The uh, the whole gravesite was creepy with the, the, you know, the skull masked assassins, as you mentioned. That was all awesome. Them, like, coming out of the walls and shit. Um, I break you to a shot I really liked when Indy is chained up in the tent, where you can see him through a thin curtain and the light is causing a huge shadow of his profile to fall around him on the same curtain. I really like oh, that okay. shot. That was really cool. Um, Breaky, uh, runner up Breaky to the image of Indy looking at the mushroom cloud. Completely ridiculous, but it's a great shot. But yeah. uh, I think my overall, my Breaky would go to just the crystal skulls, crystal skeletons. They just looked kind of awesome. You know, it just looked cool to me. Yeah. I was a fan. Yeah. All right. So finally, do you see yourself watching Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull again in the future? And do you think you'll be recommending it to anyone? Like, what what will you say when people try to explain, you know, put this movie down as people like to do? If people are putting this movie down, then people don't understand Indiana Jones and shouldn't be <laughs> passing judgment. Like if you say that you like the other ones but you hate this, you're you're wrong. Yeah, I can't see hating this one. I I can absolutely I can see, see someone like, saying it's the worst one. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, worst one isn't the same as hate. Yeah, obviously. but it definitely. Yeah, it's still fun. You know. Yeah, it's still fun. Yeah, I mean, same. I mean, I would just tell people it's listen. It's the weakest movie. Don't start with it. Yeah. 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 
Um, so, and so, I mean, will I watch it again? I'm not going to go out of my way. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've seen it twice now. And that's more times than I ever think thought I'd ever see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean. If it's on, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I'm like, if I, when the new one comes out, if I'm really like feeling Indiana Jones and watching the first three again, don't completely satiate me. I'm sure I'm like, watch this one again. Um, if someone is like, oh, that movie sucks. I'm going to be like, oh, okay, hold on. Let's, let's like sit down and watch it and like give it a, you know, an honest shot. Um, but yeah. I mean, I would watch it again, but I don't see me going out of my way to watch it again. It's fine. Yeah. All right, before we go, did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend or not recommend? Nah. I watched Full Contact again. <laughs> nice. We will cover it. I promise. Yeah. So uh, That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I saw uh, Creed 3. I actually oh. watched all three of the Creed movies recently. I'd never seen them. And Creed 3 is, like, good. Um, the first movie is fantastic. What a good fucking movie. Like, holy shit. That is a great movie. Um, the second one is very good, too. The third one, I think, is, like, the weakest. But um, Michael B. Jordan d is a good director. He did a good job. The, f the, the fight scenes are really good. He... I heard he was influenced by anime and you can tell during the fight scenes mm -hmm. and there's one part where they the actual location they're in changes and they be, they start they're fighting in like a figurative uh like empty space with nothing around them which I thought was a pretty bold choice and I I'll absolutely give Michael B Jordan credit for doing that um I also saw this movie Furies which is on Netflix it was directed by um Paige Turco's uh, sister, who dies in the beginning of uh, The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Um, oh, yes. yeah. Look at that. It's a Vietnamese like action movie. It's a prequel to this other movie called Fury. And it's um, it's got some uncomfortable shit in it because it's kind of a riff on exploitation and revenge movies. But if you can stomach some of that in the beginning of the movie, it's a really cool movie with a lot of visual flair, great fight scenes, and uh, a bunch of really strong female action heroes. If anyone is interested in it, it's on, it's on Netflix. It's quite good. Cool. Oh, t hey, wh what do you think you're doing? Who are you? I'm uh, Agent Johnson. And I'm Agent Chance. No relation. And we're from the FBI. <laughs> uh, I actually don't know where we're from now that I think of it. Don't be ridiculous. We're from the Facebook International, and we, we, we need to discuss your recent post activity, Mr. Gardner. Uh, I deactivated my Facebook account years ago. Which is why your recent activity is so concerning. Exactly. So if you wouldn't mind, we'd like your friends here to put these burlap sacks over their heads and accompany our friend Agent Jensen to go sit in our unmarked van while we discuss the issue at hand. I have no reason to question authority, sure. Oh wow, what kind of burlap is this? The texture is way nicer on my skin than normal burlap. Mr. Paul, you could wait until you're in the van to put on the burlap sack. I found it surprisingly difficult to walk while one's head is completely shrouded. Ah, uh, good call. Man, I, I am glad you guys are from Facebook International. I don't want to go into details, but I'm currently trying to make sure Tim doesn't get recruited by the FBI for a shadowy operation, so... Whew. <laughs> good for you, son. 
don't mess with the preset radio stations in the unmarked van, and don't mess with the surveillance equipment in the back either. Uh, please ignore the monitors that are showing footage from spy cams in your house. Johnson! That's why we're making them put on burlap sacks, so they won't see the spy cams in their bathrooms. Ah, shit, you're right. Uh, forget what I just said, gentlemen. Okay. Great. Now that we're alone, we can tell you the truth, Mr. Gardner. We're not actually from Facebook International. We actually resigned from that organization years ago to work for the FBI. <gasps> what? We need your help infiltrating a criminal operation. What? I, I, I'm not trained for something like that. It's okay, Mr. Gardner. It's somewhat unlikely that you'll be killed in the process. Hey, don't say that. There's an undisclosed likelihood that you may be killed in the process. Oh, that sounds better? But but again, I, I don't know why you want me. I, I don't understand what I have to offer. Unless the criminal operation is related to my weekly D&D game. Wait, is Ian Shepard using loaded dice? I knew he was getting way too many critical successes. No, Mr. Gardner. We need your skills as a suit actor to disguise yourself as someone else so that you can infiltrate the ancient serpentine civilization, Cobra Law.